Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are going to be covering the Green Bay Packers. Next up in our series of fantasy football team previews, going through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end for the Green Bay Packers. But uh, before we get into previewing the team, I, of course, need to tell you guys about all the amazing stuff that we have going on over at rotoexperts.com. I really do feel like it is probably the only fantasy football subscription that you would need to win your league in 2019, as well as participate in the very popular best ball formats that are happening on Draft, FFPC, MFL 10, and uh, Yahoo as well. Uh, We have amazing best ball tools for all of those formats. We have premium content, uh, expert rankings, projections, customizable cheat sheets based on our projections. Really, everything that you would possibly need to win your league can be found on rotoexperts.com, and it costs only $39.99 for an entire year. So if you purchased right now, you would be paid up for another year, and you can actually get 10% off of the package using the promo code MATIC, M-A-T-T-E-K. Now let's go ahead and get into the Green Bay Packers and their offense for 2019. Starting out at the quarterback position, obviously Aaron Rodgers is one of the best real-life quarterbacks in football, or is he? The last four years, he's really not been great from a YPA perspective. In 2015, he averaged 6.7 yards per throw. In 2016, with 40 touchdowns, he only averaged 7.3 yards per throw. In 2017, he averaged 7 yards per attempt. And in 2018, he threw only 2 interceptions, but averaged only 7.4 yards per attempt. So a big thing with Aaron Rodgers, and a lot of the film grinders have really pointed this out, is that his unwillingness to throw interceptions does actually kind of hurt him uh, at times. He has only had two seasons with double-digit interceptions, and he has three times led the league in interception percentage, so, so the lowest amount of passes thrown for interceptions. And Aaron Rodgers is brilliant. Uh, I, I don't want people to think that I don't think Aaron Rodgers is good. However, I think that the combination of not having strong in-house coaching, so not having an offensive coordinator or a play caller that he's willing to listen to, and, uh, you know, advanced age, he is about to enter into his age 36 season. I know, I I think a lot of people think of Rodgers as young, because he is kind of like mobile, and people think of him as younger than Brett Favre, Uh, you know, like, there's just a lot of cultural reasons why we think of Aaron Rodgers as young, but, you know, he is about to enter his age 36 season, and, uh, I mean, sure, he is coming off of a uh, he is coming off of a four thousand yard season with twenty five touchdowns. So it's not like this dude is in a coffin. But I do think that he probably is outside of the you know just the absolute stone best fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, really, the only time that I make an effort to get him at quarterback is when uh, I take Devonte Adams in the first round. You know, otherwise, I pretty much uh, in that range where he's going. So like that ADP range. He's about 80th overall, kind of depending where you are drafting. Uh, I would much prefer Kyler Murray, uh, or or I would just wait. You know, I, I would take Jameis over Aaron Rodgers, kind of depending on 
what I, I mean, I would definitely take Jameis over Aaron Rodgers. I think that Jameis is much more likely to have a, a good fantasy season. And Rodgers just falls in an ADP range where I just don't think it's advantageous to take him. I, I, I would actually rather take uh, his wide receiver, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, over him uh, at a similar ADP, just because I guess the I guess the big thing with Rodgers is that the rushing has really diminished. So uh, every year since 2014, uh, two rushing touchdowns on 43 rushing attempts in 2014, 58 rushing attempts, one touchdown in 2015, 67 rushing attempts, and four touchdowns in 2016. Uh, in only seven games in 2017, he rushed uh, only 24 times, no rushing touchdowns. Last season, 16 games, 43 rushing attempts, two rushing touchdowns, 269 rushing yards. Uh, basically, his attempts per game have fallen for each of the last four years. Uh, I, I don't really think that that's a big part of his game anymore. And that was one of the things when he was like, when he was like the fantasy football stud quarterback, that was one of the things he was adding was just like a little bit of rushing ability in addition to how great he was as uh, as a passer. And, you know, it, it kind of sucks, right? It, it sucks to see someone who was really as great as as Aaron Rodgers was. I mean, that, that 2014 season, 520 passing attempts, but 4,381 yards, only five interceptions, 38 touchdowns. That was... That that was one of the best quarterbacking seasons that that any of us have ever seen. I mean, it it really was phenomenal, and and I think a lot of people at the time did not appreciate just how great Aaron Rodgers was playing. Even even that 2016 season uh, when Matt Ryan won MVP. I mean. Matt Ryan did not deserve to win MVP that year because Rodgers, you know, Rodgers has been great for so long. But in, uh, it, it's just it's just one of those things, you know. Time waits for no man. So so we have Aaron Rodgers as you know our our projections have Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback ten. I give him a little bit more respect than that, making him my quarterback seven. But just due to the way that drafts fall, I, I'm just very unlikely to ever end up with him unless I'm stacking him up with Devonte Adams, which does lead to like some weird sort of things that happen in drafts where I have Marquez Valdez Scantling or Geronimo Allison or Jake Kumaro or Jimmy Graham uh, unstacked, which in you know in general the, those high value picks. I guess I guess you would rather have your high value play so like your first, second, third round pass catchers stacked like, and, and then on the converse, you focus on cheap stacks later on. So I, I'm just thinking out loud here while talking about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, overall, I mean, I think you can feel fine drafting him, but in a single quarterback league, uh, guys who are really tracking the data are very unlikely to end up with them, with end up with him as uh, as their quarterback. So moving on now, uh, I guess we should talk about the backups to Sean Kaiser, Tim Boyle. Neither one of these guys I would consider quarterbacks of the future. I mean, maybe Green Bay thinks they have like a little something in Kaiser considering that they have kept him on the roster through some of his struggles, but you know, I, is is Deshaun Kaiser the next Tyrod Taylor? Uh, you know, the next uh, just like kind of mobile backup quarterback to get a starting job somewhere? I would think the answer is probably no. Moving to the running back situation in Green Bay, I actually think this is sort of interesting to talk about. Unlike the uh, unlike the quarterback situation, I think that there are a lot of different ways that this could go. So what's happening is Aaron Jones is being projected like the stone cold, no doubt lead running back for the Green Bay Packers. You know, sometimes he goes in the second round and I, I'm not super sure that he is going to end up living up to that ADP. So I like him 
decently enough in my rankings. Uh, the consensus uh, on Fantasy Pros has him as the running back 14. I am right in line with that, having him as my running back 13. However, the reasons to not be super into Aaron Jones are obvious. Uh, pretty much generally, as long as Aaron Rodgers has been there, there's been some sort of running back rotation. Uh, of course, you know, there, there's a new coaching situation there. Uh, Matt LaFleur is the head coach, and uh, they, they kind of barely have an offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett is going to be the offensive coordinator, who was, of course, the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who uh, finished 27th in yards gained in offense and 31st in points scored on offense, uh, although he was able to manufacture a Jacksonville offense that was fifth in the league in points scored in 2017. I would not consider Nathaniel Hackett's resume particularly impressive, and I think a lot of what's going to happen in Green Bay is going to be input from Matt LaFleur and input from Aaron Rodgers. And the way that would translate to me is a pretty split backfield. If you just if you just look at the way that uh, that the Green Bay Packers have gone in the past, uh, in 2017, no running back saw more than 153 carries. If you go back to 2016, no running back saw more than 77 carries. You go back to 2015, the year before that, and you're going to find that two running backs had over 148 attempts, where James Starks and Eddie Lacy pretty much split the work down the middle with James uh, James Starks getting more of the work in the passing game. You go back to 2014, and that was, I, I guess this would be the last year you would say that Green Bay had a real workhorse running back. Eddie Lacy had 246 attempts, 55 targets. James Starks had 85 attempts and 29 targets. Uh, I, I think that Aaron Jones is probably a tad better than Eddie Lacy, and I would say it's not impossible for there to be a workhorse back in Green Bay. I think one of the things that we are seeing with our production projections right now is that in giving Aaron Jones uh, not a monopoly of this backfield, but I, I we are giving him like a lion's share. So of, of the backfield work, we're giving, you know, 55 to 60% of the total running back touches available to him over Jamal Williams, over Dexter Williams, and over Corey Grant and Trey Carson. Uh, that's making him a very good value because we have like we have Green Bay as a better than league average offense. We have Aaron Jones as pro like better than league average in terms of yards per touch. He averaged 5.9 yards per touch last year to Jamal Williams' 4.6 yards per touch. And I, I mean, definitely I do think Aaron Jones is better than Jamal Williams. I don't think there's any argument saying Williams should be the starter or Williams should play more snaps than Jones. But I think it's pretty clear that both are going to play a little bit. And so for that reason, I'm pretty comfortable taking Jones. Like, it, it's I'm not saying that I hate him here. Uh, I have him ranked over uh, guys that I, I do really like relative. Like I, like, I would take Aaron Jones over Todd Gurley. I would take him over Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Devonta Freeman, uh, on Johnson. Although on Johnson would be... Uh, close basically at this point because I think that uh, he's going to receive a big bump with theoretic out you know kind of still working through the projections so these backup running backs though Jamal Williams very good zero running back candidate if anything happens to Aaron Jones he's in a pretty good situation to get a lot of touches even if he will not be particularly efficient with them uh, the other guys there are a lot of guys who like Dexter Williams and there's been some good camp hype about him saying that he is going to push 
uh, Jamal Williams for touches, so definitely someone to monitor. He's like an 18th round guy that I take sometimes in draft best balls. Trey Carson, Corey Grant, those are other guys on the Packers roster. I could see them being sort of like mega super secret zero RB sleeper guys uh, in, you know, 40 team leagues or uh, 40 man dynasty man rosters or, uh, you know, 16, 18 team rosters, something like that. I think that they probably should be rostered just because I. There's just kind of that nagging sense of something being wrong uh, with Aaron Jones as a lead back, but uh, you know that that's not that's narrative driven. That's not built into the data. But I would say that Dexter Williams, Trey Carson, Corey Grant, I have decent chances of having fantasy football relevance at some point this year. Moving to the wide receivers, their 11 personnel will be Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez scaling on the outside with Geronimo Allison on the interior. Uh, they do have some rotational pieces. Trevor Davis, according to reports has been having a pretty impressive training camp. Equinemius St. Brown and Jamon Moore were rookies last year. Jake Kumaro missed the season on IR, but the team apparently likes him. They have former Iowa State stud Alan Lazard on the practice roster as well. I would expect that Lazard and Jamon Moore are probably not on the team anymore. Trevor Davis plays special teams, so it'll be the three guys, Trevor Davis, Jake Kumaro, and Equinemius St. Brown. Kumaro might end up on the practice squad. I would say, just listening to reports, it seems like Kumaro would probably get the first crack if one of these three players was injured, or or perhaps St. Brown does just straight up beat out MVS, though. I think that that is extremely unlikely uh, at this point. MVS, uh, obviously, well, l- let's just go ahead and talk about Devontae Adams real quick. Uh, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you want me to say about Devontae Adams? Uh, he had 169 targets last year, only averaged 8.2 yards per target, but did score 13 touchdowns. No one else on Green Bay scored more more than two receiving touchdowns. That is how dominant. Of 25 passing touchdowns, Devonta Adams had 13 of them. We have a similar projection for that in terms of touchdown scoring for uh, him in the model. But like, just to give you guys an example, in our projection model, we have Adams closer to like Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, than we do to Hopkins, Julio Beckham. Like, we 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 peg him down a little bit. Not that I never take Devonta Adams in draft best balls, or not that I would not take him at uh you know the eighth or ninth pick in the draft but a lot of the times I'm like I would prefer Travis Kelsey to him for sure sometimes I will I mean I will definitely take Smith Schuster and Beckham over him but you know there is always we're always trying to maximize ADP so you don't have to take Beckham or Smith Schuster in the first round though though I mean you you could I've done it on occasion but you know just we are expecting probably uh we're just not expecting the the Green Bay offense to be on the same level as some of these other offenses. Like, we would expect the Cleveland offense probably to be a little bit more efficient and gain a few more yards per play, and uh, that's really what that comes down to. Adams has been an absolute target hog, though, and that is what has really filled his fantasy football rollout last year. He had uh, 169 targets, previous career high of 75 receptions, had never had a 1,000-yard season before. Uh, Just something sort of inefficient about Devontae Adams this game, but uh, Marquez Valdez scaling and Geronimo Allison are the complementary pieces. Uh, MVS was far better than any of the other rookie wide receivers last year. Uh, averaged eight yards per target, uh, had the longest reception of any of the wide receivers on the team, uh, averaged 15 yards per reception. MVS was just really good. He was a really good player. Started 10 games as well. Uh, a lot of positive camp buzz happening about him. I, I think it's 
I think it's pretty clear that he is going to be second in line for targets. And uh, basically, Aaron Rodgers has never had a wide receiver have less than... His second wide receiver, I guess, has always had more than 80 targets, has frequently had over 100 targets, and on a few occasions has had over 120 targets. That was uh, the Jordy, Jordy Nelson as second fiddle once and Randall Cobb as second fiddle once had over 120 targets. I, I'm not saying that... Marquez Valdez-Scaling is as talented as those guys. I'm not saying he's Randall Cobb. I'm not saying he's Jordy Nelson, though I do kind of think that he is that good. I, there are probably some people in the fantasy football world who think of him as a, just like just a guy, you know, just a random contributor. I do not think that way. Um, in Dynasty Leagues, I would say there's probably, there's some good value, I think, in extending really low bio, buy low offers on Equinemius St. Brown. Probably... Probably not on Jamon Moore. It seems like the team just doesn't like Jamon Moore, doesn't think he's going to be a thing, does not think that he's going to be involved in the offense moving forward, but uh, they do seem to at least want to keep Equinemius St. Brown on the roster. He's like got he's like got intriguing size-speed combos. Uh, Moore, Moore was a more intriguing size-speed guy, but just appears to not be able to play professional football, so not, uh, not super sweating that. And, uh, you know, I guess Jake Kumaro... Uh, I, I don't I'm not like a Jake Kumaro believer. He's like a very bad size speed guy. He's 6'4, 209, but like runs really slow. Uh he was he was good in the preseason, so a team preseason hero, and the organization does seem to like him. He's like a, an eighteenth round draft basketball guy. Every once in a while, uh I kinda like prefer guys like John Ross though, who seem like they're gonna have more immediate playing time. But uh those are those are the rel those are the names to know. The tight end position, uh honestly I, I just I don't have much to say here. Jimmy Graham, pretty much do not draft for me list. I uh, think he's think he think Jimmy Graham is just about toast. Played uh, in 16 games last year, had only 89 targets, only two touchdowns. That last year in Seattle seems like sort of the last the the last ride for Jimmy Graham. His age 31 season, where he had 96 targets and 10 touchdowns. Jimmy Graham now entering his age 33 season. The team just drafted their replacement for him in Jay Sternberger, who I do actually really like. Uh, I actually really like Jay Sternberger as a prospect. He played at the University of Kansas for one season, left, went to play at community college, absolutely crushed at community college, and then went to Texas A&M where he was actually Texas A&M's leading pass catcher his final season in college and then was selected with the number 75 overall pick by a team that definitely does need a tight end. Probably wouldn't expect Sternberger to be ready for the start of the year, but it would not surprise me if by, uh, you know, whenever, uh, after a Green Bay's bye week or something like that, when he starts to, if, if he would start to play and uh, play over Jimmy Graham, no one else really, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanyan, these are these are guys whose names you're only ever going to know when you're playing a showdown slate and you're, you're tilting the one target, seven yard touchdown game that Robert Tanyan has. So uh, that is going to do it for the Green Bay Packers Fantasy Football Preview. Please make sure to check out rotoexperts.com. Our NFL 365 package is really the best fantasy football content that you can find on the internet. Projections, rankings, customizable cheat sheets, the ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, the ultimate guide to winning play draft best ball leagues, uh, all sorts of best ball tools. Really, I think uh, it is the absolute best resource that you are going to find to win your... Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 